This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Oh, well, gen- uh, gentlemen, it didn't last long, did it? I think I think it was it was two wins we were looking back on last week, but unfortunately, we've got uh, two hard luck stories. Actually, three if you count uh, Saints in midweek. So we'll bash on with United, United, United sob story first. It was they were. I guess we kind of hoped, Ian, that you were at the game. We, we, we hoped it might be a sort of Celtic at Kilmarnock type story, or possibly even better. And it, it was kind of it was panning out that way for a for a good chunk of the game. Once you get into the once the the time begins with an eight, you start to think, "Aye, well, they're going to do this, don't you?" Yeah, um, it was. It depends what your expectation level is with United. I think how you view this this uh, result and performance. I mean, I think Celtic coming to Tannadice, they're just in, you know, they're just going up to the Premiership. To play like they did against Celtic, I think, was hugely praiseworthy. Uh, well organised again, very similar to the Hibs game, in that they snuffed out Celtic's threats for almost the entire match and then lost a, lost a scrappy-ish goal. Um, one thing I would point out as well is this, this substitution rule worked for, in Celtic's favour. You had um, They had James Forrest coming on, they had uh, Christopher Ajar, then the goal scorer, Albion Ajete, and Patrick Clamalla for a closing minute. So that's four coming off the bench. And when it's Celtic, they've got these quality players coming on. Forrest came on and tested uh, Kieran Freeman, who'd, who'd just come on himself, actually. So so you've got you've got the bigger clubs able to bring on this clout oh, listen, off the you bench. You've, you've started me early. I was gonna I was gonna leave this till later, <laughs> but can I can I bring we'll, we'll get right back we'll get right back into United. As <laughs> soon as you've started it, we may as well speak about it now because I came out of the uh, the St Johnson Aberdeen game and it was the very same because we we all know Derek McInnes well, right? And there's no way in the world he would have made two substitutions at half time had he not known that he had another three mm-hmm. left him. And of course, who comes on? Ryan Hedges, who wouldn't have been on the pitch in the three subs rule, and he scores the winner. Yeah. So there we have it. I mean, it was utter, utter madness. Whoever out the the weir clubs out with the old firm in Aberdeen, whoever voted for that, well, I think some somebody's going to really, really rue it, and it could be a it yeah. could be a reason a, a team goes down. It it could be yeah. that it could be that big bigger deal. I mean, it's just I mean, so you 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 saw it you saw it in front of your own eyes, and you know you could just see it. Work. There was two specific things. Okay, the obvious one is the goal scorer coming on, nice and fresh, pounces onto the loose ball where United's mm-hmm. defenders maybe a bit more tired, but also. Um, as, as I mentioned, Freeman came on for uh, Lewis Nielsen at right back. So what did what did uh, Neil Lennon do? Put on Forrest straight away. Two minutes later, yeah. Forrest ran at him, and and um, you know a, a young player coming on mm-hmm. and got a bit of, bit of joy there. So it, it just seems unfair. I mean, it's not the whole entire reason that Celtic won the game. They had loads of chances, possession. We all know that. But it's just this thing that it just it just doesn't sit well with you that the, the bigger clubs can do that. No, it doesn't me either, Jim. 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 They voted for it. You know, they voted for it. I mean, I, I, uh, Eric, crazy. You know what? In, in some respects, it, mind, it reminds me of the kind of you know the decision many many years ago when we at one time you know remember we had sh- you know the, what we did with the gate money, we shared gate money and all the rest of it, which 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 brought a semblance of equality to the game. I know that maybe the Celtic and the Rangers and the bigger supporter clubs felt it was slightly unfair, but football requires two teams to compete, and then do that was the start of the whole thing with football, where you know the the big the, the rich got richer and, and and the poor got eventually poorer. Now there's a serious danger 
danger of that happening here as well. You know, if you're Celtic, and look, Celtic probably would have won the game anyway, we know that, but in saying that, eight minutes to go, they scored a goal, so not, not entirely improbable that it may, it may have stayed the same. But when you're Celtic and you already have a, such a massive budget, I mean, the guy they bring on the jet he scores a goal, costs four and a half million pounds. That's Dundee United's turnover. When you increase the likelihood of that happening by allowing clubs like Celtic and, and, and Rangers, and, and you know, and if, if you're a motherwell, a Hibs or an Aberdeen, um, who have, you know, two, three times your turnover to, to increase further their chances uh, of allowing, you know, up to five subs, then, then you, you know, you're giving yourself a mountain to climb. You know, you're simply raising the vertical kind of um, heights that, you, that you've got to climb. So it, it was a crazy, crazy situation to 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 vote that through. And it's going to come back to haunt a lot of clubs, I think, throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched St. Johnson's all their games this season so far. And most of them, they've not had a full, they've not even had a full bench. So, I mean, Callum Davidson has basically effectively been operating on the old rules. And he's been playing against teams like Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen and Hibs, who've been operating under the new ones. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, it's just, I mean, listen, it's, I thought it was insanity. And it's, I think, if, with every passing week, I think it's. I think we're going to get more and more of these examples, Ian. I, I really do. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it does. It is unfair. I mean, United themselves brought in substitutions. You know, they, they're mm-hmm. kind of they're kind of doing it as well. But it's just obviously not to the same level, is it? It's you not know, to it's the not to same the same level. level. And as Jim Jim quite rightly said, you know, uh, a jetty four and a half million. I mean, he comes on. That that's what you get with them. Rangers will be the same. So uh, it's it's uh, it's a difficulty, I think, moving forward. It's about the quality, Eric. I mean, you know, United put out nine subs as well on Saturday. Um, it's not a case of filling your bench, you know, unless you're shy about paying, you know, maybe appearance money, depending on how your <laughs> your system is set up at a club. Unless you're shy about that, you know, you're only going to put five or six on. So it's not a case of filling your bench. You can fill your bench with 18s or 19 or 20-year-olds. It's about the quality that you can mm-hmm. fill your bench with. And the richer clubs already have... Uh, an oversufficiency of quality by comparison to the clubs further down the league, and all this, all, all this does is, is make it worse. Well, there we go. I'm sure. I'm, like I say, I'm sure we'll be re- revisiting this one over over the next few weeks and months. But back back to United on on Saturday, Ian. It was it was kind of how I. It was the reason I, I I thought United had a really good chance of getting a point was exactly how it panned out, and you mentioned it. It was the organisation was there. They are a, yeah. They are already a very very hard team to break down, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I got uh, they got a compliment from uh, none other than Scott Brown, oh. uh, who's not, every, not who's not everybody's favourite player, but he, he he deserves respect as the Celtic captain, and uh, you know Scotland as well, and a fantastic career he's had, and he knows the game, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And he he made the point that. United, the way United organised, they had their, they had their wider players coming in. So you had Chalmers on the left and you had Bolton on the right. What they were doing was coming in and, and that was helping to to uh, stifle Celtic in the middle of the park. And when you stifle Celtic in the middle of the park, then you're you're halfway there to, to, to playing well against them. So, um, yeah, and he went, he went to this back four. Again, another mention for Lewis Nielsen at right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one particular time when he turned inside and raced away from raced away from his opponent. Now, if that had been, the ground had been filled with fans, that probably would have been the biggest cheer of the day from the United supporters because he, he was showing a, a confidence there. So, again, it was nice and assured, a good performance, 
Um, just a pity about the goal, but when, every time you see it bark, you know, it gets scrappier and scrappier, and there's three players in front. Oh, the number of bodies on the floor doesn't help, but there was a, there was a cracking picture from behind behind the goal of, That's right. I think there was about five United boys just either on their knees or lying on the ground, and it, you know, it was like a... It was like a scene at the end of a, a Champions League final with PSG boys lying there, you know. It was... It was, uh... was Christy and Forrest, when he came on, were having to go across the front of the box yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time mm-hmm. and try long-range shots. And Segrist, Seg- Benjamin Segrist in United's goal had a, had a really, really good match. He was excellent. So, so it was all working for uh, Mickey Mellon. It really was, and it's just a pity. But, but I think I think it's a it's a tangible thing that you can take out a, a performance like that. You you don't get any points, but you go into your next game going, come on! Ah, of course just, you do. We've just played so well against Celtic, who will give teams five six. Um, and every other week, so well, that's half the thing. You, you you don't take a big dunt, you know what I mean? You, no, that's you, right. You, you can you can you can keep going. You can keep going along with your confidence intact, which is huge after you play the that's true. Play the, that's the true. big two, the big two. Well, let, let's go through a few of the names. I mean, before we get to the, I mean, Segrist and, and Nielsen are the two in particular I want to speak about. But we've not really given Connolly and Reynolds their due over the last couple of. We've mentioned them, but. I mean, I was, I was, I was worried about that area of the pitch. I must admit, and, I th- and obviously they, they brought in Ryan, Ryan Edwards. So you know, it's clearly an area of the the team that that Mickey Mellon and Tony Ashgar want to strengthen as well. But I think it's, it's probably Jim. Is it a case of maybe these guys? They've they're more tuned in at this level than possibly they were in the championship because of the the talent they're up against. Would that be fair? Well, I, I mean, I hesitate to say their game. I mean, I always like the two players. I think, you know, we, we, we've paid kind of due, um, you know, given them due praise uh, previously, but we've been talking about the championship. Now they're up a level, Eric. I mean, we know that. We know, you know, we know that on Saturday they come up against a level that they'll probably only come up against uh, again when they meet Rangers. Um, and below that, you know, against Aberdeen and Hibs and company, they'll come up against another level. So there are levels within the Premiership, but it is a much higher level in terms of intensity, in terms of concentration, levels required in terms of the speed the game is played at and I think the two of them have done tremendously well they're experienced campaigners and you know you you it's difficult to buy experience, the right kind of experience. Guys that have been in situations, you know, a hundred times that, that, that just, you know, how know how to kind of hand players off, know how to kind of, how close to be to someone, uh, you know, c- communicate with each other, with each other well, communicate with their teammates well. I mean, are they the quickest in the world? No, there are not many central defensive pairings that are actually, you know, Usain Bolt. You know, I mean, it's it's not a position that which naturally calls for speed merchants. It's a position which calls for bravery, um, for for aggressive play, uh, but also it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a position which calls for intelligence. And oh, I think yeah. the two of them are highly intelligent players, and, and and I think that's the key. And you can see, you know, already five games in. Uh, only scored four, and we'll probably come to that in a moment, a moment or two. Why? But they've only conceded four, you know, which is better than St. Johnston, Hamilton, uh, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, and, and, and Livingston as well. Uh, in fact, it, it, it's better than Ross County, who are currently sitting in, in third position. So, you know, United and Mickey Mellon can be really, really happy, I think, with the progress made. I mean, it was a defensive setup on Saturday. Of course, it was. You know, I mean, it, and it was intriguing. I mean, I was intrigued by you know. I think it said McCollum on Saturday. There's actually a great deal of goodwill from many Celtic fans towards United. I think they they can have happy memories of great old Jouse and the, the McLean days and all the rest of it. You know, um, 
but half of their, their support was split between you know saying okay we we got a jail there we got a late kind of a late winner and some people having a pop at United you know uh, playing very defensively well of course they did Dundee United don't have the kind of income uh, and turnover which is going to allow them to buy the quality that Celtic do no one in Scotland does so they have to set out this is professional football it's about winning or, or, or drawing or not taking a hammering you know uh, and they set out um, I, I hate the phrase but they set out their stall very very well I mean th- th- there's a there's a rigidity to them here's one for you though do you think the no fans factor helps Mickey Mellon in that regard because maybe Celtic is isn't the best example but he was it was a very structured performance against Hibs as well do you think if it had been there'd been 8,000 United fans or whatever the whatever the crowd is don't want to get down that road again do Jimmy you get in trouble on social media for talking about United home, home attendances oh, aye, aye. yeah, yeah aye. and whether, whether they actually match up <laughs> if there was a if there was a packed if there was a packed Tannadice is it harder for Mickey Mellon to set his team up in a structured defensive way because United fans being United fans home fans being home fans they they demand more, don't they? They they demand you 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 go at a team more. Is is no fans actually helping in that regard? Well, I mean, I think I think it's been intriguing, and and as the weeks have gone on since the advent of getting German football back first, and now seeing Scottish football, you know, if, if you're watching, you know, no crowd noise in particular with certain games, not just Scottish games, but in Scottish games you're watching, what you're seeing is um or what you're hearing. As instructions, you hear players talking to each other, and you're starting to get a much more fulsome appreciation of not just the tactics of a game, but what's expected, the type of you know, the tactical approach that managers set out and, and the instructions that players are under. And I think that's something that, you know, we, we, we all make that mistake. We forget that players play to instruction, and if they don't stick to the instructions, they won't play in the next game. You know, I mean, I think and people think, okay, he's, he sent the you know the, the right-sided midfielder out to do X, but he can do Y anyhow. Well, he can't because the manager will simply say, you've not been obeying instructions. If you don't do that, if you do that again, you're not going to play in the next game. You know, so players have to play to instruction. You're starting to see that with shouts and you know instructions and all the rest of how how it's played out. It, much of this depends, Eric, on how players. Um, react to supporters. Some players handle crowds and it's water off their back. You know, the Scott Browns of this world, they, hand, they, you know, they actually grow mm-hmm. if they get stuck. There are some younger players, I think, who tend to melt away in the face of a hostile crowd. And you get it all the time. It's not just United supporters, you know, um, but you get it from home supporters. Get the ball at the park, do this, you know, a screech and a ball when they, they give possession away or something. I mean, it's football. Football is played at 100 miles an hour wherever you play. You know, I mean, I think when you when you really sit down and watch the game played at kind of, you know, at any level, you know, you've got to take it quickly, move it quickly, you've got two or three different options. And I think, you know, there's nothing worse than getting on particularly a young player's back or a guy who's a wee bit off for him. That's why I'm a great believer in, in you know, I'm not saying praising players if they're having a bad game, but stay off their back. Try to encourage. As it, Encouragement is always much, much better than screaming and bawling at players, you know. And I think, I mean... No doubt we'll come on to this. I, mean, I think there's a huge amount more to come from this United side, uh, having watched them. You know, five games in, I think there's a there's a heck of a lot more to come from them yet. Um, whether, whether crowds being back is a good thing or a bad, it's certainly a good thing financially. Whether it's a good thing for players in the park is another thing entirely after what we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, I guess the point I'm making, Ian, is you know, it's Mickey Mellon is coming across as a very tactically astute manager, a guy who has his teams well drilled. And I'm getting the feeling after watching a, a few of these closed doors games that these sort of, you know, that 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 teams and United are very much one of them, are are 
sticking to the, they're finding it easier to stick to a tactical plan with no fans yeah I, I would absolutely agree with that I think that is the case I think it's more significant than a lot of people uh, are making out the, the absence of the crowds what you had as well is um, a contrast between the two managers uh, on Saturday Manel, uh, Neil Lennon sitting sitting back really kind of just observing what was going on mm-hmm. Mellon was clearly uh, and and you know, shouting instructions to his players. There was one particular towards it, one instant uh, particular towards the end of the game. United were trying to get the goal back, and they all piled forward. And, and he said, "Take your time, set yourself up, yeah. be patient, mm-hmm. get into your positions." And it's so clear with, without the fans. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. imagine if that that Eddie Thompson stand behind the goal was parked with United fans roaring. Mm-hmm. How would he get that across to the to the players? You know, and I, I do think you're, 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 the key point you're making there, I agree with, is that it's easier for managers, and not just Mellon, but it's easier mm-hmm. for managers to to not really care about how the crowd would react to their yeah, tactics. Yeah. If you know what I mean, get it up the park and all the rest. But I think of it, I think know. the two games, the two games where it's been, you know, it hasn't quite worked for them results wise, but against. Celtic and Hibs mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think you could make a case there for a United team playing at KG anyway yeah. against these two teams because you had you had it's obviously Celtic and uh, you know all, all the might that they bring but also you had a Hibs side that was high flying at the time so I think you could justify his setups against well, I these think two I agree but I, I think in the Hibs game Ian in particular I think United fans would have been wanting to see more attacks possibly I think I think I think they would have accepted it against Celtic yeah yeah, yeah I, yeah. I kind of agree with that so let's look at the players I mean we'll start at the we'll start at the back where are you Jim where are you putting Benjamin Segrist in in terms of I was going to say well let's we'll go on to Dundee United goalkeepers past of the past next but in, at the moment in the in the top flight he's he's one of the top few isn't he uh, w- w- within the current top flight yeah yeah w- w- within the current top flight he is as good as anything uh, currently playing uh, Eric his progress has been actually quite remarkable I mean he always looked um, quite an athletic keeper and he's a big keeper That's and huge. sometimes yeah, it's hard to five, sometimes yeah. it's actually yeah yeah it's sometimes quite hard for a, for a big keeper to, to, to be athletic you know most people yeah, yeah. when they think of athletic think of players that will run through a barn door but I mean talking about guys that are supple and flexible and all the rest of it I mean his two low saves with the big left hand were excellent in the first half really really good um he made two terrific saves uh, in, in the second half as well. The, the, the fifth one, which was the one that led to the goal, I've watched it again about three or four times on the replay this morning because actually he doesn't get the purchase on it to get it away, you know, behind the goal and out of play, which would have led to, you know, the, which led to the goal. It was actually quite a good header back into to lead to the, the, the goal scramble. However, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that actually when I watch that again and again and again, I think the, the ball takes quite a wicked dip and it's it's moving at incredible pace when it comes at him. So he actually did well to get up across and get the left hand up to it. Um, but he, he's brave. Um, there, there was one ball which he took almost nonchalantly from a corner late on in that mm-hmm. game. He steps straight into the middle of his central defence. Out he comes now. He's a big lad anyhow. He takes the ball cleanly. He holds. He doesn't punch. Not that I'm against punching. Uh, he, he holds uh, the ball cleanly as well. All round, uh, his distribution, I think everything at the moment, uh, you could scarcely be better for him. He's a goalkeeper who is is making rapid strides. Now, you don't get a lot of money for goalkeepers, and I don't want to sell United players, but actually, I wonder if people, you know, we've all talked about Shanklin going and this and the next. I actually wonder if people might be looking at him and, and saying, this guy has a lot about him. He has a lot of class about him as a goalkeeper. I've thought that for a while. I, I thought that last season, and particularly before he signed the new contract. I'm thinking, I, I don't see. I see. 
for, again, yeah, for the price you're talking, well, Celtic bought the Greek international goalkeeper for four and a half million. So you're right, the the currency for for goalkeepers isn't anything like outfield players. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it does come in waves, but at the moment, oh, I, I'm not. I'm just guessing what you'd, you'd be you'd be hoping to get seven figures anyway. That's for sure, but. You know, you're not going to be you're not going to be getting this what you'd get for an influential striker. But he's got everything that you you need. Sometimes you look at size, don't you, for for goalkeepers down mm-hmm. south. But he's he's got that, and yeah, no, I'm with you, Jim. I could, particularly when you do it in Italy against Celtic, and I mean that's mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's not going to turn anybody off, is it? No, it isn't. It was a, it was an excellent performance and uh, well noted by the the watching media guys. Uh, I must say, with loads of loads of praise to me. You know, for 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 his performance from folk that hadn't maybe seen a lot of them. Uh, I mean, I was trying to rack my brains for any kind of mistake he's made this season. Possibly at the Hibs goal. Um, you know, he's beaten a wee bit at his post there, but I mean, it was a great finish. So, other than that, I mean, he he hasn't he hasn't taken a, a wrong step at all, and. Uh, very, very uh, accomplished goalkeeper who was always one, uh, like you, Eric, was always one I thought would go up to the Premiership without a problem at all. No, he, he's made rapid progress. I think that's the thing. He always looked a decent keeper, but there were elements of nervousness about him and all the rest of it. And, and the, the thing I would say is this, that the United goalkeeping coaching staff deserve credit as well here, because goalkeepers don't mm-hmm. just, you know, they, they don't just kind of... Um, do all of this on their own. The hard work is theirs, but you know the proper drills have got to be set up. Uh, positional work has got to be uh, w- worked upon. Um, a fine eye, and and it is. It's a peculiar position. It really is. I mean, it's you know. I mean, you know, my, my laddie went through the Den youth ranks. It's a position which very few people know anything about, including fathers. I have to say, you know, I mean, it's it's a position which <laughs> which requires specialisms. And I think the United goalkeeping coaching staff have done wonders with him. But he obviously has a great appetite for hard work, and he has got all of the natural raw talent and resources and and uh, with the hard work they've moulded that how easy are they to replace i mean united have had a problem with goalkeepers in the in the relatively recent past um so what i'm trying to say is if 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 you're looking to to sell say you're looking to sell somebody to bring in some money to to make a two or three additions is changing a goalkeeper the last thing you would do or is it one that you think i can get away with that um, I, I think it's one you can get away with if you're Celtic, I think, um, you know, where you've got kind of great attacking options and you've got the money to, mm-hmm. to, to outgun everybody else attacking-wise and all the rest of it, and you'll lose the occasion. I mean, if, if you look at Celtic, you know, with all due respect to to, to, to Celtic, 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 I think you've probably got to go back to... Um, what's his name, Arthur Boric, uh, and, and then before that, maybe even a Ronnie Simpson, to find real, real top quality goalkeepers. It's, it's a position that they've never, whereas you go to Rangers. Oh, Rab Douglas isn't great. listening, Jim. <laughs> no, sorry, I forgot Big Rab. Of course, Big ah, Rab, my fellow columnist, you know, Big Robert, of course, was a magnificent goalkeeper. Very oh, Big Rab, who probably knows where you live, Jim. That's right. <coughs> Rab, that was a slip you're, of the You're usually uh, praising no. him as well, Jim. Oh, no, listen, uh, no, no finer goalkeeper. That was a momentarily lapse. No, I mean, tradi- traditionally, Celtic have, you know, they, they, they've worried less about goalkeepers than they've worried about, you know, their attacking form. That's, that's that. No other club has that, or very few other clubs have got that kind of luxury. So if you're at a club like United and you, you suddenly find yourself in possession of a really top quality goalkeeper who, who who can save you three, four, five goals a season, you know, the, uh, uh, which can be the difference between A, going down and staying up, or B, 
top six or or, 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 or into bottom six, or more importantly this season, uh, and, and this is where it's taking me now, European football, because I'm starting to think this European, this United side could have a real crack at, at making Europe next season with the progress they've made. So a top goalkeeper, and I think there's no doubt in my mind now that Segrist is developing into, into one of these, I think is absolutely crucial. The, other, the good thing I would say is this, who was the last top goalkeeper that went from Scottish football to England? Would it have been McGregor? No, I was trying to think about it. Um, there's not been many. Boric went, Craig McGregor Gordon. went, Craig Gordon. There's not been a there's not been a massive amount of traffic. Now, okay, they're only one in eleven in a football team, but there's not been a huge amount of traffic um, o- over the border, you know. So, um, although I have to say, it doesn't help. Uh, when you give spectacular, uh, it doesn't help in terms of trying to keep them. When you give spectacular no, no. performances on television, because that's what people notice. You know, they, they don't notice against Motherwell. They don't notice against uh, Kilmarnock. But but a wider audience notices against Celtic or against Rangers because you know there's there, there is an interest in those two sides south of the border. And like at Lumpet, there's not. Yeah. Um, you know, with I mean, the, you know, there's as much interest in Dundee United south of the border as we have in. I suspect Hull City or Bury, Bury FC, if Bury are still on the go, that is, well, they're not. I <laughs> <laughs> think they've been buried, Jim. They've <laughs> been buried, that's right. Sadly, finger, sadly. Finger on the post, James, finger on the post. <laughs> no, I mean, are you, do you agree, Ian, that you would put him at the end of the scale? Yeah. That you, you, don't, you don't sell, you know what I mean? You look elsewhere if you're trying, if you're trying to uh, raise, some, raise some cash. Yeah, I think you do. Um, Jim, Jim mentioned uh, he's, he's, he's handling it at one point, you know, coming out and grabbing that cross. I do I do remember that. I think it was a corner. Uh, I do remember that. And that, that's another one, uh, another example of the crowd would have been, you know, cheering as if it was a goal because it was a, a, a great, a great uh, time to, to take the pressure off um, a Celtic side that was attacking. No, listen, he, 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 he's, he's, uh, he's done himself proud. He's, he's, he's established himself. There, there's no, there's no even any argument. There hasn't been for ages. You know, who's, who's, if he, if he's going to be a, a good Premiership player, I think, I think he's proven himself there already. Best since, best since, since who? Well, um, Pernas, Shamatoski were good. There's been a, a few others <laughs> who may, maybe not so good. The best since Billy Thompson. Oh, you saying you saying the best since Billy Thompson? Oh, that's yeah. that's, big, that's, un, that's un, better. I like that. I like going further yeah, back. The and, best uh, since Billy Thompson. You're not in touch with your neighbour either, are you? Then uh, no, no. <laughs> I haven't spoken to Big Seab for a while. No, well, Big Seab was a, a fab goalkeeper as well. But Billy over the piece, I think, was fine. You know, he wasn't as good as Hamish, but he was best since Billy. I like you're you're giving us you're giving us the good uh, the good wee snippets for the. <laughs> for, for this podcast this week we've got United qualifying for Europe and the goalie's the best since Billy Thompson happy days we'll, we can uh, no listen he's he's doing everything that's asked of him but go on then you've 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 mentioned you've raised it you've raised and you've raised the bar Jim what's making you what's this this creeping belief that you've got that United are the the real deal well I, I, there's a combination of things I, 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 we've just come off the back of discussing one of them they've got a terrific goalkeeper they've got a man who who, who exudes confidence in, in, in the back line um we, we we've got Mickey Mellon who's kind of got pretty much the structure of play that he you know that he, he's got well drilled and well and you know I, I use that term drill I mean because I'm an older get than you two you know when I was at school we didn't call Jim Jim we called it drill and that's exactly what it was you got drilled you got drilled and drilled and drilled it's like old Sergeant Major stuff. sounds enjoyable drilled John, and drilled and drilled <laughs> and it sticks in your mind the, 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 that's what a drill does it sticks in your mind it's like a fire drill you know the one the bell mm-hmm. goes you run for the door dentist drill um, 
Don't want to talk about that kind of draw Roger. That's, that's what it puts the fear in me, you know. Um, so you've got that kind of that, that. But the key thing you've got here is United are doing all of this without Shanklin, their top goal scorer, and, and, and their top provider in Paul McMullen. You know, so, so you've got two guys who are stars in their own right, and United are currently, you know, it's, it's, they're setting the head on fire. They're doing really, really well. I mean, they have lost narrowly. Uh, you know, to the two most attack-minded sides in the league, Celtic and Hibs, and they've had two great away away wins, uh, and they're not conceding lots of goals, not scoring lots, but it's because their top strikers uh, not there, and their top provider is not there, and they are showing an appetite for graft and hard work and, and an application uh, and, and a willingness to kind of follow the manager's commands. And you've got, you know, what I think is really important about Mellon. We don't want to smoke up his backside, but 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 let's hear. We've actually got a manager. Um, at, at the moment in, in, at, at Tannadice who, you know, not only A, believes in his players, but is not prepared to go and, and play kind of second fiddle. I, I like this remark about we're not here to get our bellies tickled. You know, far too yeah, often in yeah. the past, there's been managers who have kind of, you've, you, you've almost thought that, you know, a narrow loss to Celtic was acceptable, you know, or even a doing from Celtic or Rangers was acceptable because it was Rangers or Celtic. That's a, This is a different mentality. This guy's a street fighter. And I think that is coming through to the players. And that, you know, at the end of the day, you will always face teams who will have better players than you, better quality. It's how you narrow the margin. It's how you narrow the gap between you. How how close can you can you shut that down? You know, the, the fastest 100-meter man will always be, you know, the second fastest 100-meter man, unless somebody's got a, a tight hammy or pulls up or something like that. Football's a different kettle of fish. It's a different kettle of fish entirely. It's 11 against 11, two or three off, off balance. The better 11 come up against an 11 who have a, a fire in their belly, who have a drive. Who I mean, it was an amazing amount of Celtic fans that were, were quite peeved at, Celtic, at United's, what they called physical attitude. Well, what are you supposed to do? You come out against players mm-hmm. who, who are instinctively, you know, they, they are probably man for man better than you. You have to match them. This is professional football. This is not you, me, you and the boys at the five sides on a Tuesday night. You know, this is professional football. Guys are playing for their living. And I think at the moment what you're seeing from United, you're seeing courage, you're seeing application, you're seeing graft, you're seeing desire and organisation. You're seeing all of the things, I think, that, that if they can maintain it, and I think that's the big thing, maintaining it, the mm-hmm. physical and mental demands over the course of a season are, are, are pretty strong. Um, yeah. But if they can maintain this, I think great things lie ahead. Yeah, well, they, they look to have a great young talent in Lewis Nielsen, Ian. Um, that's the that's the first time I've seen him in a. Oh no, it's not. No, it's, I, I was going to say in a, in a full game. I saw him at uh, I saw him at Tannerice on day one when he he played in the yeah. three, and he, he he didn't he didn't shine that that day, did he? It was it was a quiet afternoon for him. But I think he is just looking at the physique of him. He's a centre half in the making, isn't he? Rather than a, rather than a right back, but but looked very very at home at right back. Well, that was the, that was the big question, you know, when we all got the team lines at the start of the game. Where would Nielsen be playing? I actually did think, did predict he would be right back because he came on up at Ross County um, for 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 Freeman and and came on uh, and played played right back up there and did very well. I, I think he almost improved the side a wee bit there. So I I wasn't surprised at all that he put him in there. And as I say, he, he had an accomplished performance. He was confident. He was sixteen. He's just 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 turned seventeen. Am I right, Ian? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was bringing the ball up the park. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't kind of standing there worried about his player coming at him all the time. You know, he was going he was going forward. So and and when you I, I had a long chat with uh, Mark Connolly after the game, just off the record, really. And uh, he was singing his praises, and it's great. It's one of the things that's making his 
his uh, game, his own game, more enjoyable mm-hmm. just now mm-hmm. is being able to kind of coach a lot of these these uh, young players on the pitch. And uh, he, he specifically mentioned uh, Nielsen, and quite rightly too. But that, that, again, that comes back to uh, to Mellon, doesn't it? I was just thinking, um, you know, all, all the time you've been writing about United for God, the last year and a half anyway, it's been prize asset, Lauren Shankland, and, and, and he mm-hmm. kind of still is. But you're beginning to think United's best player <laughs> is their manager just now because he's, <laughs> he's the one that's setting them up and making it possible for them to get good performances and to get to get these these points. But but what, what would it also be? Just a wee bit cautious as they've got Kilmarnock away and then it's Rangers back at Tandy. So. We don't want caution, Ian. Come on, you're not paid But then we're into uh, a, a, a kind of more, you know, you would think... A run of fixtures against teams that that are maybe going to be in the in the bottom half of, of, of the league. So um, it's it's a we'll wait and see how how it looks at the end of the the first the first uh, round of fixtures. But I'm like Jim. I mean, it, it, you can't you can't put faults in it. A, a tight defeat at home to, to a Celtic side with all that, as we say, all that talent and all that money spent on it. it it's not it's not a bad day for them. It, it just isn't. Yeah, you know what, Jim. You 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 pride. Sorry, Jim. You pride yourself on your uh, your eye for a player, and you've uh, talked up a few on this podcast. What are you making a young Mister Mister Nielsen? Well, I mean, you know, I'm delighted to see. Um, I mean, I think I mentioned this in the, in the column. I'm delighted to see uh, that Mickey Mellon is prepared to to uh, you know he's prepared to go with youth. Now, th- th- there's got to be a balance here. I mean, here's a young man who's 17, uh, come through the academy, set up four hires, bright boy, articulate lad, uh, clever laddie, and I always think being a clever... You have done your homework. Yeah, well, no, no, I mean, I always think being a... You he, know, he, be, he must have done his <laughs> homework as well, young know, <laughs> <laughs> Well, exactly. Huh? I mean, he's a clever boy, and I don't think that... You know, but that's in the mould of great many players. You know, the, the Christian dailies of the world. Doesn't hurt. Uh, no, were doesn't like hurt. that. You know, um, Stuart, Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong. Stuart was doing a, lot of, a distance law degrees, I recall. You know, Stuart, it was always great to... to I mean, I, I love interviewing intelligent players. Neil, Neil Lenny was one of the most intelligent guys I've ever interviewed. People forget. I think Lenny was going to be a vet if he hadn't become a manager. Mm. He, he would throw in well, kind of words punch, at you. Punchlines there, he, he, Oh, you have to nip away and check your thesaurus after you interviewed him, you know, just to see what a couple of words meant. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I think the key thing is that he made that transition, didn't he? Kind of central midfield to the central defence. He's a young boy. I mean, and he has to, although I'm a great believer in if you're good enough, you're old enough, that has to be handled, that transition, not just positionally, that transition to, you know, to, to the full-time game, to the first-team game, that's got to be handled carefully. So you, you'll drop into the team uh, maybe for a couple of games, you'll drop back to the bench or you'll even drop out the squad altogether sometimes uh, in the nature of things. Because, you know, there's also life to be getting on with. There's family stuff. I mean, I think people forget that. People, you know, we might live in a COVID bubble if you're a professional footballer, but you also live, uh, 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 you know, in your own bubble. You've got your family, you've got circumstances. Sometimes you've got issues with maybe a, a mum or a dad or a brother, you know, have, have an, there's all sorts of things impinge upon the mentality of a football player. And a young player's no different from that, but maybe doesn't have the, you know, the, the maturity or the mental strength to handle lots of things that come your way as a player. So you've got to be careful with it. But the key thing is, Mellon, has, he's hoist the flag here to all the young guys at the uh, at Tannadice. He said, if you're good enough, you'll get your chance here. And that is hugely encouraging. And it's hugely encouraging for all the players there. No, Jim, you, you would have noticed you would have noticed this as well. But there was uh, the Scotland Under-21 squad was just announced. Mm-hmm. No Dundee United player in it. I'll make a prediction a year, six months from now, uh, I think I think there'll be a one or two at least getting mm-hmm. getting getting a mention because uh, they'll all play uh, so well and maybe more. Yeah, they'll all play yeah. so well in the top flight that, that they'll have to get noticed. And I think Nielsen 
Nielsen will be one of them. Yeah, I mean, just for a, for a bit of guys, for a bit of uh, sort of a bit of context as well. As far as we were, we're speaking about it with with Seagrist, I mean, defense young defenders. I mean, obviously, it's it's heartbreaking what's happening with with John Souter just now. But he's yeah, he's the yeah. the sort of the one that we remember as the kind of last promising one to come out in in that area of the pitch. And then, and it always sticks in my mind the hype that uh, Niels. Nielsen that Craig Levine gave Keith Watson, who was, mm-hmm. who was, he, I think he talked about as the best young player he'd ever worked with at yeah, that time. Right, and I, could, right, I could be wrong with that one, and, no, and he was correct. another one that was kind of you kind of thought would be would be a centre back and was you know started out a right back. So you know they don't they don't come through that often, do they? You know the the good the good young defenders, and I think people are getting excited. I think you mentioned it that it's not a necessity, Jim, about fifteen minutes ago for a centre half. I think they're quite excited that. Nielsen's got pace, so it doesn't have. It, it certainly helps. It's a bonus, Eric. I mean, in fact, to be honest with you, it, 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 it's a massive bonus. I mean, if, if you think back to you know, if you think back to get you out of trouble. Ah, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> think back to the great um, you know the, when, when we had the new firm <clears throat> and you had Mother McLeish. You know, Willie certainly was never blessed with pace, and having worked with him a lot, he certainly never blessed with pace when it come to getting to the bar. I know that, you know, but you know, I mean, w- w- <laughs> Willie was never blessed with pace, and Big Alec wasn't overly blessed with it either. Hegarty and Neri. Uh, you know, Heggie would probably tell you he wasn't the quickest in the world over 20 yards. Neri was different. Neri was lightning. Neri could match anyone for pace. So on on the occasions when Neri drove forward and somebody dropped into the hole to cover for him, uh, Neri could make 30, 40 yards uh, in a flash. And in that respect, you know, um, pace can be a massive bonus for a central defender. I don't think it's an automatic requirement. Um, over the years, we've seen some of the great Italian defenders in particular haven't particularly been quick. But um, if you've got it, it's another, it's another string to your bow. And I think if you're gonna if you're gonna go down south, Ian, I think uh, it's it's pretty essential. If you're gonna get to the top down south, yeah, it's it's you know it, it's kind of it goes a lot higher up the uh, the sort of tick list of a of a centre half, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And and going going back to what when we were talking about Reynolds and and, and Connolly, maybe the the big concern there, the elephant in the room, was we did fear that that they might get your your Martin Boyles or your uh, you know uh, Forrest Michael Halloran on day one. Yeah, it hasn't happened, has it? Behind it hasn't them, happened. But, uh, yeah, so you're neither managing the situation there, aren't you, with that? So no, listen, um, it was full of promise, and uh, I think I think uh, with a manager like Mellon who switched on, as we all know already. Uh, it's it's only going to be it's only going to be a progress for him. Hopefully, he steers clear injuries. And just on just on uh, Soapy Big Soapy Suter, who is a well well liked character in these parts. Um, it, it's such a tragedy, but hopefully, hopefully, he gets over this. But it, it's just it's just so sad to see. And it's a reminder that uh, you know. I, I mean, I remember speaking to the last time I spoke to to, to John Suter, he was playing for Scotland. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's just such a such a shame, but uh, fingers crossed. From certainly from this part of the the world uh, that he, here, he here. gets over this. Yes, indeed, yep. indeed. Agree with that. Well, Agree with that. Saying, saying it was a tough, and and in some ways it was a, a tough week for them. I suppose if you're gonna, if your glass is half full, you'll say they've played Aberdeen and they've played Hibs, and the least they deserve from both games was a draw. But they've lost the pair of them both to late goals. The Hibs one particularly, particularly painful. Uh, it's, I guess. Well, let's let's test your let's test your positivity, Ian. Are you one of these that you would go through it and say, look, look, if you're Callum Davis and say, look, we've matched these two, and particularly Hibs, we've actually we've actually outplayed them for for the second half, 
on you go, guys. Take that as your take that <laughs> as your uh, your benchmark and and make sure it doesn't happen again, type thing. Well, I think I think that's Callum's mindset, isn't mm-hmm. it? He's, he's that kind of guy. Uh, after the game, he was he was almost not, not smiling because he was happy. He was just it's just the kind of way he is. Right. But was um, it not like God, Tommy Wright would have been after no, that. After that, no, game. And, and, and you know, good, well done to him for for keeping calm after that because it was ridiculous. I think it was huge decisions in matches, and and he he said, "Oh, they'll go for us, go go, go against us during the season." But you know, sometimes it doesn't really. I mean, some. Sometimes you do get a run where you're, you're losing points because of referees' decisions. I mean, the penalty even, uh, never mind the goal, the, the goal that was a goal, but the penalty, for goodness sake, the timing, I mean, oh, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. Some, sometimes eh? I get the sense that referees, they're, they're too quick, they're too ready to, to intervene. And I definitely, you know, I definitely got the impression with John beating with a penalty. But I mean, the, yeah, the goal disallowed, Jim. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not... What, Listen, the guy's doing his job. I'm sorry, but if 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 if, if a linesman or assistant referee, if he can't make that call, is he fit to be a linesman? Really? I mean, now that is the most basic of basic basic decisions, and it's not. It shouldn't even be hard, should it? Oh, I mean, you know, ha- having watched it, um, you know, as it happened, and having watched it, I don't know, maybe half a dozen times now in the replay, Eric, it was crystal clear that he was that, that he was on side. You know, we knew um, it in the ground. We sensed it in the ground, yeah. and it didn't take long before it trickled back that the TV cameras show. I mean, there's there's three of them, and one by a, a couple of yards, and and it's not as if it's it's not as if they've been crossing at pace, is it? So I mean, and the the, the linesman's in in perfect position. Yeah, you know, the, the, there's an eager there's an over eagerness, I think, sometimes. And I mean, I, I try hard not to give officials uh, too too much of a doing because I know that you know we've not got VAR in Scotland, which actually I'm starting to think is quite a good thing. Uh, although that 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 would have made a difference. Um, how, however, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, they're paid pretty handsomely. Um, for, for, for what they do these days. And I think, you know, in, in, in situations which are really as, you know, it was tight, but it was tight It was tight in kind of, you know, St. Johnson's favour. I mean, it was pretty obvious, I thought, that, it, you know, it was a very good goal and it should have stood. I mean, but the, the, the desire to throw the flag up immediately is just kind of, it does my head in. Uh, and... And again, as we say, this is professional football. It's not me, you, me, you, and the boys playing five aside. This is people's livelihoods that are, that are at stake here. Yeah, it's Cal- Callum Henry's not scored. Yeah, Callum Henry's not scored a goal. Maybe his position on the team's under pressure. Mm-hmm. You know that that yeah. that makes a yeah. huge difference to him personally, doesn't uh, it? Does. Yeah, enormous, yeah. enormous. You know, and the thing is, and the thing is, it was a really good goal. It was a, a well delivered cross. As you say, it wasn't. A, it was a, a floated ball. Conway, up well yeah. on the jump. It pick, picks his spot, puts it away. Um, and then it's chalked off. So now, you know, so what's the bearing? What's the, what's the bearing on the mindset and all the rest of after that? You know, because these things change games. Uh, and so it proved. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the penalty in a moment or two because that was another decision which, you know, it was a, it was a bit more clear-cut, but but not hugely more clear-cut, I have to say. You know, was it so a penalty for you I then, Jim? I... <sighs> I'm I'm almost in Callum Davidson's camp with that. He, 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 it, there was a naivety 
uh-huh. he he gave the referee the he, he allowed the referee the latitude to make the decision. There was no naivety from Ryan Porteous, was there? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, absolutely. <laughs> and and that's you know we talk about game intelligence and all the rest of it, Eric. I think anybody that's played, you know, we we've all played as journalists, and I'm sure that some fans have as well, uh, and all the rest of it. We all played. We know the tricks that pros get up to. You know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, we used to play. I think fair up down this tale, but we used to play on a Sunday with a, with a squad of guys that play, played for Brechin and Jimmy Morton at St. Johnston and Billy Gavine, who was at our broth at the time. But we, Graham Payne, of course, stole the mm-hmm. show. It was on a Sunday. Quite often, he'd be playing Celtic a day before. He'd be at Curtin High playing grounds on a Sunday. And we, Payne, would nip the hairs on the back of your legs and you know stick his finger where he shouldn't and things. That's what professional footballers oh. do. They, they're, they're fly men. You know? Can I just point out, I've just, I've just recently had my breakfast. <laughs> 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 they're, they're there to win the game, you know, and that was what happened. I mean, to some extent, Saints were naive and and they got conned. Was it a penalty? There's undoubtedly there was, there was a push in the back. I, I actually thought there was a wee push from the hips player on him, you know, into yeah, him. Well, but, that's what they're, that's what Saints are claiming, you know. Yeah, aye, there was hands there was hands all around, but again, you can't help but think it, it's it, it's kind of pretty soft, you know. I mean, clear and obvious penalties, I've got no problem with, but when you get to you know when you get to situations like that where there are, you know, there are half a dozen ways of looking at it. There's just such an eagerness to award things that, that it kind of worries me, you know. And I can understand why um, why Saints fans would be absolutely beeling about both decisions. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that was you've you've summed it up perfectly there. It's the eagerness, and I I saw that with both the the, the speed with which the linesman's flag went up, and the speed with which uh, John beat. And he's one of those that he's not, he's not quite in. Uh, I'm trying to think who's the who's the referee uh, down south that gives the, the the real dramatic point to the spot and all the rest of it. It's, it's the the boy who's the Tranmere fan. Anyway, his name oh, escapes yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the one I mean. He's he's uh, famous uh, yeah, for it on yeah. social media. But Beaton's got a bit of that. He he does like to give it a, the old grandstand flourish Histrionic. when he points to the spot mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. You know, so I think you know there's there's a few of them. They they you just you just feel that but then again players have got to sense this you know it's you know you, you kind of get a feeling that they're, they're ready to give a decision and they probably although you maybe think it should have worked in St Johnson's favour they'll know that they've they've missed one in the uh, the first half won't they they'll they'll Word will, word will get back to them. Yeah, Eric, it's the old, it's the old Mister Kipling thing, you know. And I'm not talking about the boy that made the cakes, you know. It's the old if you can keep your head around you, and and, and that's the thing, you know. We're talking earlier on. We're talking about whether fans being at the ground makes a difference, doesn't you know? Makes a difference to to the way play, players obey instructions and all the rest of it. And, it's it's the same with this. In the heat of battle, you have got to be able to maintain your composure. And that means right in the thick of it, as this was. And you've got to make sure you don't give the referee the chance to make the decision, or 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 you know, or the or the the attacker that you're marking the chance to go down easily. And look, when when you're in a huddle, when because remember, referees do make these decisions instantaneously. And 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 if it looks as though you know the guy has been shoved forward, if he, if he propels himself in such a fashion, then automatically the referees made his decision. And, and, and he points to the spot and he's not going to change his mind then so you have got to try and it's very very difficult we know this but you've got to try very hard to maintain composure in the most awkward and yeah. tough and heated situations big uh, big game it's big game for uh, for Saints at the weekend you know they had this run of three home games they want to get a win out the you know it's one thing you can if you if you can you can dress it up well if you've you know if you you match hips 
Aberdeen and then beats St Mon, it becomes a, a pretty positive week, doesn't it? So this this is a huge one for them on Saturday, isn't it, Ian? Yeah, it is, and you're right. You're right about that. The next the next result makes the others, you know, not seem too bad if if if, if you win it. Um, it is it is a massive one. Uh, Murray Davidson back. I always feel more comfortable with Murray Davidson and the St Johnson team. Yeah, they're, they're hoping to have Murray Davidson back. Well, William Craig letting his mm. letting his temper get the better of him after after full time on on Sunday there. So I was going to mention that about about uh, William Craig, who's someone who uh, you know we all know for known for years, but it, it's just such a wasteful wasteful red card, doesn't it? Just cut yourself off the park and. Um, go on with it. It's, it's understandable, but you know he's a senior player. Uh, it's just a bit regrettable, I think. Murray Davison for you, Jim. He's it's perfect timing, isn't it? If you're losing because Saints are light in centre midfield, so you know they're losing Liam Craig. You get the, you get Murray Davison's drive in there, which could be could be. I mean, Saints are struggling to score goals. He's one that can get in the box, and it's maybe you know you know it's not just falling on the strikers. If he's timing his runs, Murray Davison's. Can, can rise above, can't they, and, and get you a few headed goals? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Muzza fan, I always have been. Um, and I think, you know, the thing is here, um, if Saints can, you know, can win this one, all of a sudden, bang, they go level with St. Martin. I mean, this, it's, you know, it's, it's far too early in the season for any kind of panic alarms to be to be ringing, uh, Eric. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, I, I like to be kind of uh, well into the first round of games gone before I kind of start to think quite seriously about mm-hmm. you know, how it's, it's going to shape up. But in terms of St. Johnson, I would think Murray Davidson was, is always a miss from that midfielder. Not only has he got that kind of long, powerful, elegant stride about him, he can take a goal. He can, you know, he, he can use himself. He's got a physical presence, good with the head, gets a shot away, Um takes a couple of people out of the games with his runs and all the rest of it. So for me, uh, a fit Murray Davidson is, is always a massive bonus for St. Johnston. Yeah, well, before we wrap this up, we've, we've got, don't often get this, guys, and I'll, I'll probably tell you how when we're recording this, when you're, you're listening back to this, we've got a bit, wee bit breaking news regarding regarding Dundee. They've, you know, there's been much talk about what's going to happen with the academy and uh, staff, potentially being made redundant and whether they're going to be working for free, that sort of thing. But we've got a story up on our, on our own website now that Dundee have cut 16 academy coaches yeah. as part of money-saving measures. Uh, and, but it's understood 12 will continue their roles for free over the, cur- the coming months. Um, understood that Barry Smith is one of those to leave Dens Park. Um, so that's that's a bit of breaking news. What's your, what's your first take? What's your f- immediate take on that? Jim? Um, There's a couple of things here. I mean, one, fair play to the guys for continuing to work um, if they're going to do it for for Zilch because that obviously shows a love for Mm -hmm. A, the club, and B, you know, a great kind of loyalty towards the kids that they're working with. I'm not a fan, I have to say, of of people, you know, it's one thing volunteers working. Think for it sets up. Do you think it sets a precedent? No, no, no problem with people working at the, you know, the, the local youth club or the local village hall or or, the, uh-huh. or you know, Curtin Community Centre or you know, uh-huh. whatever for, for nothing. Um, when you work for a professional uh, full time business, I think you have an entitlement to be paid, and I think it's that sets kind of that sets. Um, I think a worrying precedent generally yeah. in the game. There's just something that, that morally sits sits badly with me about that, Eric. Well, the old unions wouldn't stand for it, would they? That's for sure. Um, Ian, what's your, your first take on it? Well, I agree with Jim about that. You know, well done to them, uh, to the ones that are that are working through it for nothing. But I agree, exactly, Jim's point's exactly. Uh, it's absolutely spot on. Um, a club shouldn't really require uh, people to do that. 
But um, it's overall, I, I go back to the times. It's a shame, you know, we've had the coronavirus. This is a, this is this is the the reason for this, you know, the, the the hit that they've taken. But you look at the bigger picture, you know, when 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 John Nelms and Tim Keys took over, it was going to be this youth revolution at Dens. It's just not happened, has it? I mean, it just really hasn't happened. It's it's regrettable. And uh, Barry Smith, you know, a, a man who who gave so much to the club, both as a player and a in manager. So many different roles. Absolute, yeah. absolute legend. Absolute legend in the eyes of uh, many supporters. And uh, it's a shame. It's a shame because that that that'll, you know, kind of maybe spoils things a bit for him. But it's 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 what's happened is it, it's, it's they're trying to deal with this crisis, and uh, it's a shame when you see when you see uh, cutbacks like that. Uh, Jim, let's just before just before I finish, let's let's finish up by say, by speaking about. Remember, it's not that long ago. How many what it was was it like the COVID period? It all dragged on, so I can't remember exactly what stage he said it. But there's that there's that famous Gordon Strachan interview where he was basically saying, "Look, look at these wee clubs playing at it. Mm-hmm. What are Dundee doing just now? Then, if 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 they're if they're having youth coaches, uh, you know, offering their services for nothing, and others being made re- others being made redundant, what does what does what let's let's look back at those quotes by Gordon Strachan. Is that not a bit embarrassing for him? Do you think well, he'll regret imagine, what he said? Yeah, I, I would imagine there'll be many a wry smile. Um, but but not in a good way, you know. Uh, looking back on on, on that, yeah, you've got you've always got to be very careful thinking football, as in life generally, Eric. Before you point the finger at other people, I mean, it's my, my old mom used to say, "Listen, son, mm-hmm. be careful when you speak about people because you never know what comes to your own door," mm-hmm. you know. And um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I understood. I understood what Gordon, he doesn't always phrase it as well as he might. I understood what he meant. I think he was trying to say, look, there is a big difference between the big professional full-time clubs and, and the smaller clubs who are part-time and all the rest of it. He could have could have phrased it much more elegantly. Um, and we've all done that. I've done it myself as a broadcaster many a time. However, um, you have to be very, very careful. He's left but- himself open, hasn't he, now? He's left himself open, and the really worry—I think the really worrying thing here, the wider picture—is Ian's, Ian's absolutely right. Um, Dundee unveiled all of the, all of these big plans, um, and it's come to nothing. Now it's coming to nothing. Uh, in fact, not just coming to nothing. There's a massive, big negative sign over it now with, with these redundancies and all the rest of it, uh, at a, and, and no progress being made at a time when United, a hundred meters down the road, Aye, yeah. are making scintillating progress, bringing young, you know, young boys through into their first team and all the rest of it, uh, and, and look as though they've got, you know, the, their own partnership with with Bull Dragon uh, Academy, my wife's old school. You know, they, they, they've got this great partnership going. You know, the, 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 where the kids get their education and and. Their full-time football education as well and the, the stark contrast between the two clubs and of course people will look and say oh, your loyalties lie down my loyalties lie nowhere as, as a professional journalist mm-hmm. I try to call it as I see it and I always want both clubs and, and being you know, you know being a Dundonian you want both clubs you want the Saints because they're kind of no, Perth people are honouring Dundonians, let's be honest, you know. Um, I mean, Controversial jump. You, want, you want all of the clubs to do well. And at the moment, to be honest with you, it's depressing and it's distressing to see how far Dundee are, are, are falling short. They've got you and they've got good people in the building there that can, and, and do, yeah, in the academy absolutely. structure. I mean, Steve, Stephen Wright is one of the, you know, he's one of the, the top men in his field. And he will, the thing is, they will make the best job out of this that they can. And there's there's good coaches, you know, right through the age groups, and you know they will they will make a good job of this, and you know they'll 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 do their best for the kids, and I'm sure we'll still see kids coming through. But yeah, as a as a broader picture, 
as a broader picture, it do, it doesn't look good for Dundee, does it? No, and, and and what's the business model now? You know, it doesn't. It's not too long ago we're talking about a new stadium, and as I say, mm-hmm. the, the the whole revolution that we're going to be bringing young players through. It's it's, it's not sitting well just now. Now, the, I'll make that that the point again. They're dealing with an, an unprecedented crisis with coronavirus, as is the rest of Scottish football. But this doesn't sound se- send out a good message, does it? I mean, it really doesn't, and. Um, what, what are we? Dundee maybe about a week away from coming back to training. Yeah. What's the business? What, what's the model for for the club now? What, what, what is it? That's that's the question I would ask. Set up. Ask, ask for an interview with John Nelms. <laughs> Good luck with that. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there we go. We'll, def- we'll definitely we'll definitely finish it on that note now. Listen, cheers again, guys, and we'll we'll be back next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.